Next on BYU Sports Nation, 1-0. and BYU opens the season with a road Power 5 win to end Arizona's 17-game home opening win streak. How did BYU impress the most? ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Cougar O-line dominance and what he learned about BYU football in 2018. Plus, hear from the stars of the Saturday night show, Squally Canada, Tanner Mangum, and others on the significance of winning the opener. Oh, and Kalani Sitake with this. Coach, congratulations on another season-opening win against Arizona. Go, baby. Thank you. More up-downs for you and Jerem. Thanks, guys. You got it. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, September 3rd. Hope you're enjoying your Labor Day holiday, wherever and however you're connected. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has never really gotten over BYU's season-opening loss to Virginia in 2013. I'm way over that, man. This is a great day. I had a great Sunday. I had a great Sunday because of that. <laughs> Juxtapose the feeling so you happy. have now compared to the first day we did this show on Labor Day of 2013 following that Virginia loss. Yeah, yesterday was the five-year anniversary, five anniversary by date of the program, so congratulations to everyone who's been involved with the show. We made it five years. I think someone said in the beginning, well, it can't be... Uh, worse than anything else we have at 10 o'clock. So, <laughs> so here we are five years later. Uh, everyone's worked really hard to uh, keep the show going. Uh, here's to another five. Yes, a much better start to year five. The feeling is <laughs> yes. good. Yes. The feeling is good. Fantastic. What a, what a win. What a performance. We're going to break it all down, including going for two. Yes. Maddich, yes. An amazing uh, show. Fun, and, and a fun story from the sideline from you. <laughs> I have a few of those. Yes. <laughs> we'll try and sneak all of those in today. If not, we'll, we'll get what, them out throughout the who, week. So the challenge that BYU had on the, uh, the, the punt, um, oh, it touched someone's leg. Someone yelled. We'll tell you who, which former player yelled that caused Kalani Sataki to challenge that. Someone launched all of the yeah, pandemonium. Well, yep, we're going to talk uh-huh, about that coming uh-huh. up this As Jerem mentioned, our going for two projections in about 30 minutes. How did we fare there? And now we present today's top stories across BYU Sports Nation. BYU football defeated Arizona 28-23 in Saturday night's ESPN Spotlight game. Squally Canada ran for 98 yards, rushed for three touchdowns, hashtag Y-Factor, while Tanner Mangum threw for 209 yards and a touchdown to Matt Bushman. Obviously, more on the game coming up. NFL teams trimmed rosters down from 90 to 53 Saturday. That means cuts for Cougars. Robertson Daniel, Bronson Kavusi, and Ty Nakua were cut from the Ravens. Despite leading the team and receiving in the preseason, Jordan Leslie was cut from the Broncos. The Bills cut DeAndre Wesley but put him on the practice squad. The Colts cut Tomasi Laulile. The Chiefs cut Algernon Brown. And Harvey Longy was cut as well by the Patriots. He's injured right now, but was put on the practice squad. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball won't be ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball for much longer. After taking down number one-ranked Stanford on Friday night in an epic five-set match, Ronnie Jones-Perry led the Cougars with 20 kills, two aces in the match. The Cougars finished the Nike Invitational with a win over Wichita State, they go 3-0 and on their home floor. They beat number one, man. For that the first awesome time in Friday. 18 years, BYU Volleyball awesome. 
on the women's side takes down a number one ranked team. And Saturday night, the women's soccer team beat Idaho State 10 to nothing. What? That's just mean. It's the most goals in a game for the Cougars since 12 in 1996. Eight different players scored. You think they're a little frustrated after what happened at Stanford on Thursday night? Poor Idaho State. <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU beats Arizona 28-23. Jerem Tanner Mangum gets his first Power 5 win as a quarterback starter. Jeff Grimes in his debut as the offensive coordinator. A major success and Everything changes. Everybody's feeling good. What impressed you the most about BYU's win over Arizona? It is a clear number one for me. The real MVP of the game was the offensive line. Check. We talked about how we thought, despite losing three seniors, that there would be a challenge to replace those guys, 106 starts. But Ryan Pugh, the offensive line coach, Jeff Grimes, a longtime offensive line coach, now the OC. This group of guys, Brady Christensen, Thomas Schoff, James Empey, Jacob Jimenez, Tristan Hodge, Austin Hoyt and company, they dominated the line of scrimmage. I was so impressed by that. Squally Canada had a really nice game. Good job, Squally. Good job, Lopini Katoa, 4.9 a pop when he came in as well. The jet sweeps were awesome. Tanner Mangum wasn't sacked. Bureau didn't turn it over. The O-line was dominant. Credit to Jeff Grimes, Ryan Pugh, and the entire BYU offensive line. Can we rewind to... Thursday and Friday show when we talked about what we thought the offensive line would be able to do against Arizona's defensive front. They executed exactly what we thought they would do. Arizona defense wasn't very good last year, and I don't think they're very good this year. But the O-line did what we thought they'd do, and it yielded a dominant third quarter especially. I said that if BYU ran for over 150 yards, they would win the game. They ran for 186. There you go. In fact, in the Satake era, when when BYU runs for 150-plus and throws for 200-plus, BYU's only lost one time. They eclipsed both of those numbers. So, yes, the offensive line was clearly the thing that impressed me the most. From the get-go, I mean, the holes that Squally Canada had to run through you and I could have run through those, Jerem. Uh, I don't know about no, that. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. He's faster and a lot more agile than us, so he'll get more yards. <laughs> but they were opening up these huge chasms mm. for him to run through. Arizona's defense in at the end of the third quarter was entirely demoralized. It was fascinating to watch how gassed they were and how mentally out of it they were after BYU put together 21 points. That's credit to the offensive line for bringing it again and again and again. We made a lot of Khalil take, okay? The dude during October last year ran for 14 yards carry. He ran for 14 yards total. He had five touchdown runs of 70-plus yards. He gained 26 yards. He lost 12 on a sack. Are you kidding me? BYU 14 yards. totally shut him down. Khalil Tate threw for 197, so he threw for sub-200, whatever, one touchdown. He didn't do anything. BYU dropped eight, made him throw, and he couldn't do it. Yes, there were three pass interferences. One was in the end zone. It was actually a good play to, to stop a touchdown. I think they eventually score. Arizona does. But I was really impressed by how BYU's defense played against Khalil Tate. Yeah, and can we give some credit to offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes for calling a beautiful game? Oh, fantastically called fantastically called that specifically one moment that he'd been setting it up all game with the fly sweep, the jet sweep. And then they sneak Matt Bushman out who is 
Gonna show he's showing block like he has on all of the previous jet sweeps, and then he just slides right past the defensive back open for a 24-yard touchdown. It was a thing of beauty. He did it all night long. So huge, huge impact Jeff Grimes had and called a beautiful game. Okay, there was a lot to take in Saturday. A win, a Power 5 win on the road. The Cougars don't just cover. They outright beat Arizona in Tucson to start the season. So what do you think you learned in the win? Uh, first and foremost, BYU is having fun playing football again. The smiles all over the sideline were clear. The energy, Matt Bushman told me after the game, this is by far the best experience I've had playing BYU football, and it's not close. Well, his only season was last year, and that just straight up stunk. And they won some games, and he was a freshman All-American, but... They started 1-7. and seven. It was Everybody a was season. having fun. Ronella Ulupujitao's jumping over people. Butch Birds' Powell. heads are falling off. Butch Powell on the exercise bike because he's staying loose, and I quote him directly, football is fun again! <laughs> <laughs> Make BYU football fun again. Uh, it happened. It happened on Saturday <laughs> night. They were having fun. There was this distinct change on the sideline. Once BYU could see that their hard work was paying off, when that was validated that, you know, the coach was telling them, you've worked harder than those guys. Yes. You're not as tired a, as those guys. A video came out from BYU football. Hearing from Kalani Stake, I want to say it was before the game. But he said, you guys, he said, you guys have earned this. You put in the hard work, and now it's our time. And it was their time, and especially in the third quarter. When it was validated, you could see their, their expressions. Their All demeanor, these up-downs, their energy worth it. It's like, worth oh, it. everything was worth it. We are better than that team. We have and we're better than, than we them. were last year, by far. Yes. Last year, here's what I think we Football's learned. Football's fun again. Yes. And again, it's one game. I don't want to overreact, but that's what Mondays are for, right? <laughs> Mondays are for overreaction. BYU football, last year was an anomaly. Okay, four nine. BYU's not losing nine games again, like anytime soon. Okay, that was an anomaly. I think we learned too that coaching really matters. Okay. Oh baby. The, I I like all those guys personally from last year, but the offensive scheme, the setup, all the injuries, all that combination, obviously was bad. Jeff Grimes and that offensive staff coached a great game. At halftime, BYU had seventy two yards passing, and trailed. What did BYU do in the third quarter? Two three and outs defensively and three touchdown drives. BYU won the game in the third quarter and was up 28-10. to 10. Arizona came back. BYU sealed it without giving Arizona the ball back, but BYU won the game with adjustments at halftime. The jet sweep was this new wrinkle that we had seen that's you know a Matt Canada thing, I want to say, that Jeff Grimes brought perhaps from other people. But like you said, BYU ran it three or four times. Successful every time, by the way, getting at least – Four to four plus yards, right? They got two first downs Sim- on the Jets. Simple throws from Tanner Mangum. He w- he wasn't that uh, Tanner Mangum wasn't that effective down the field. Missed a couple throws to Talon Shumway. I want to say Aleva Hifo as well. The Matt Bushman was the one really good play down the field. But crossing routes, Dallin Holker, Aleva Hifo on that third down for like thirty-seven yards. He threw a it dime to Micah Simon that was down. Yes, the field. thank you. So so two really nice throws there. Let's get more of those, right? Um, coaching matters. It really does. Yeah, so, well, when you win, everybody has fun, and the coaching is magnified in, in that way. It just it was so satisfying to see those guys after what they had gone through last year, majority of those guys back, to finally see that hard work pay off. And how often have we heard from coaches this offense is going to be multiple? 
It's going to be multiple. And we saw the multiple. And by the way, you, you remember how last year BYU basically returned the same offense? That's the same guys. So I'm telling you, coaching matters. It's like the same dudes. Ten different receivers catch a ball. Eight different guys run the ball. Like, balance at its finest. Squally, it felt like Squally Canada, like, ran a ton, right? Oh, it was it was still pretty balanced. He had 98 yards, like... There was plenty well, to he go had, around. He had 24 of the 43 carries. So plenty, plenty to go around. Yeah, great stuff. All right, now that BYU is taking care of Arizona, Jerem. And the quest for perfection is on. The <laughs> Cougars are going to try and get to 2-0 against Cal. By the way, BYU opens as a two-point favorite against Cal after yeah, take that, ESPN the experts power in index. the desert saw what they saw from uh, the Cougars against Arizona. Well, they have an offense. Crazy. How do your expectations change for BYU now that they have started 1-0? This might be uh, too hot of a take, but did BYU just get into a bowl game? Did they just get bowl eligible with that win? Maybe. Because we thought that would be a loss. We feel like Cal is a game that BYU should win at home. And then there are at least Especially five now. other wins, if not six, on that schedule. And that's if BYU loses to Washington, uh, Wisconsin, Boise State, and Utah. We're, we're guessing there could perhaps be one other stumble there, okay? I've all, all, already, I thought Arizona was a loss, so now that's a win. I'm going, ah, BYU's winning at least seven. Now, like things change, two now, and zero changes everything. Three and two in September, you're never going to go below 500 in the season, in my opinion. Like, it changes everything. Now, can some of you understand why I wanted Arizona to be the guaranteed win? Because it changes everything. I still don't agree with you on that, oh. but it feel, because BYU didn't need the guarantee, they could just do it. Imagine so it. this feeling right now. This is what I was hoping for and wanted when I said that. Because now you come home, BYU's not losing to Cal on Saturday. They're not losing to Cal on Saturday. BYU will go 2-0. Cal's offense stunk. After what BYU they just pulled off? They had four takeaways. One was a pick six. They, Cal's, Cal played three quarterbacks. After what BYU just pulled off in Arizona? Okay, the hype. Be- the yeah. sellout is probably on now at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Everything I think changed. it's going to be packed and juiced. Everything yeah. has changed. BYU's not losing. BYU's going to start the season 2-0. Think about that. And that's 2015 Tanner Mangum again, where it's like, what? How did this happen? Oh, Tanner Mangum's going to have a second consecutive Power 5 win after After Saturday. going 0 for 7. After Saturday. As a starter. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Yeah, I, I think it changes a lot. I think we were on the, f- like, we, we both thought BYU was making a bowl game, and you said, no, 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 it's happening, it's happening. After this unexpected win on the road to open the season, all of a sudden, I don't think that eight wins is crazy. And again, it's a Monday, it's overreaction, it's whatever, it's hot take, whatever. Um, I think BYU is winning at least seven games now, if not eight. And then you throw in a bowl game. So all of a sudden, what BYU can do, and we saw what BYU can be. Okay, this this wasn't the peak, or or even uh, hopefully this was like what BYU is on average, which is really solid, doesn't turn it over, runs the ball effectively. So there's certainly things to work on. BYU's got to force a turnover or two or three, right, in a game. BYU's got to get the ball down the field a little more offensively. But I thought uh, we've got to see Skyler Southam kick a field goal. He went 4-4 four four on PATs. Um, but we saw some really good things. And I don't think that Arizona's a world beater. I don't think they're you know contending for the South Championship with what they showed. Arizona but, will win six games. But it's a Power 5 win on the road. I will never complain about a Power 5 win on the road, especially last year after mean? BYU goes 0-4 against the Power 5. Okay, I don't care if Arizona was super bad on Saturday night. They've Wait. won 17 in a row. Yes. To open the season at home. They have a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. (laughs) 
He was a four-time like Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. Four consecutive weeks yeah. last year. So this is, this is a big win. BYU went four and nine last year. Wait, what? Remember, you remember when we celebrated changes. the Ole Miss and win in 20, was it 10, 11, 11? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a two-win team. It's like, ah! No, this Arizona yeah. team is better than but that But celebrate wins, and then you move on to another Power 5 team. Take down Cal. Let's go. All right, our question of the day. What impressed you the most in BYU's 28-23 win over Arizona? Let's go to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from our guy, Derwin Gray. Dr. Derwin Gray. Oh, Dr. Derwin L. Gray on Twitter. Former BYU football standout, NFL defensive back. He tweets in, I was impressed with BYU football's team speed, physicality, and confidence. They played like a team that knew it was going to win. Confidence is the offspring of preparation. If I ever need motivation, he's the guy. I go to the scriptures, and then I go to <laughs> Derwin Gray. Nick Lee from Facebook, the play calling. Jeff Grimes and his offensive staff clearly know what they're doing, and I imagine Pac-12 teams will try and copy BYU's defensive game plan for Khalil Tate. Uh, you dropped yeah. eight and just made him throw it. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. They had the multiple spy approach, which was that's fabulous. A, that's an American thing. It was fabulous. Corbin Kafusi's role on the defensive line was often kind of pushed just, back just to that of a linebacker. Just, just stay on the edge. Make him throw the ball. Stay on the edge. Yep. And then when he'd leave, Khalil Tate would run and it would be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, how did we do in our going for two picks? Was it 2016 at Utah two points, or was it better? <laughs> and ESPN's Trevor Maddich saw one thing specifically that made him very happy in Saturday night's game. He'll expound on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. 1-0. 1-0, baby. Feels good. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Mondays at 1 Eastern, Greg Rubel talks with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner. Today, Jeff Grimes and Ed Lammer in studio. Watch or listen to Coordinator's Corner. Coming up at the top of the hour on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Five years of BYUSN. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you missed the show live, download the podcast or watch it by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever you want. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline as part of our annual college football tradition is Trevor Maddich of ESPN, national champion at BYU, college football insider, all-around good man. It is a Maddich Monday. Trevor, how was the opening weekend of college football? Absolutely fantastic. I mean, Big matchups, ranked versus ranked, Notre Dame-Michigan, LSU-Miami, Washington-Auburn, and then to cap it off with the way BYU played against Arizona, man, I I went to sleep more satisfied with any college football weekend than I can remember. Yeah, I had a great Sunday. I think we all did, right? Like it was just, it was just nice. Walked out of the building at like 1 a.m. here. It was just, it was just glorious. It really was. What impressed you the most with BYU in the win over Arizona? How physical their defense was. The Heisman candidate, Khalil Tate, is a a terrific, legitimate player. I mean, he's really good quarterback for Arizona. And 
he lit up everybody in the Pac-12 last year, just everybody. So now he's coached by the guy who coached Johnny Manziel to the Heisman Trophy at Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin. And BYU held him to just 10 yards, um, well, 14 yards rushing with a long of 10. In other words, the longest run he had was 10 yards. And I think that really speaks to two things. One is how physical the defensive line was up front to keep there from being big openings for him to squeeze through. And to how much they've improved the speed in the back end. You know, they moved Zane Anderson safety up to linebacker. They moved both starting corners from last year over to safety. They got new corners in there that can run. And I think that, the physicality and the speed of of the defense, really had a legitimate test in limiting Khalil Cade on the ground, and they passed it with flying colors. Kevin Sumlin clearly wanted to throw the ball with Khalil Tate. How much of what Arizona did and struggled with is on play calling compared to just BYU's defensive prowess? Well, I think that they uh, could have and should have run Tate more, give him more opportunities. In that Heisman Trophy year at Texas A&M, Kevin Sumlin wanted Manziel, Johnny Manziel, to run at least a little bit of the offense. But Manziel wouldn't have it. He was going to do what he was going to do, and that was it. Matter of fact, I don't think he could tell you three things that were in the offense. He just sort of knew, <laughs> hey, this is a pass play, this is a run play. And, and he won the Heisman. Unfortunately, he kept that attitude in the NFL, thought that he'd be the only NFL quarterback in history to go to the Pro Bowl, completely abandoning the concept of preparation, right? So Khalil Tate, unfortunately for Arizona in this game, was more coachable than Johnny Manziel. And so he he stayed with the game plan, and I thought their game plan should have included more runs, but keep this in mind. He did have eight opportunities. Now, some of those, you know, you talk about pressure in the pocket and sacks and all that, but he had eight opportunities. And in those opportunities, the best he could do was a 10-yard game. That was the best he could do. This is after last year. He was Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year like four or five weeks in a row because no nobody in the Pac-12 during that stretch could put a hand on him when he did break out. In eight opportunities, BYU's defense held him in check, and I think that still is to the credit of the Cougars. I think the real MVP on Saturday was the offensive line for BYU. A lot of discussion about losing three seniors, 106 starts. But that O-line, led by offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes and Ryan Pugh, the offensive line coach, they were impressive. What did you think? They were physical. I mean, and you could see in their eyes their belief as the game wore on. They had that look that, hey, we can do this. We are better than those guys across the line. Let us pound them. Let us wear them down. And as that occurred, as the game wore on, you could see more and more the sheer joy in physical domination in the eyes of the BYU offensive linemen. And I really liked that they've established that as an identity. When you look at their coaching staff, the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, was the offensive line coach at Auburn during their 2010 national championship run. His starting center was BYU's offensive line coach today, Ryan Pugh. Pugh is a three-time All-SEC center at their offensive lineman at Auburn, a Remington Award finalist, and uh, earned All-America honors there. So you've got SEC mentality with success at a high level in Provo, Utah, coaching this offensive line and this this BYU offense. And so it is clear that what they want to do is play to BYU's biggest single recruiting advantage, and that is they've always been able to get big, powerful offensive linemen that can protect the passer and can road grade on the run. Wisconsin's the same way. 
you can say what you want about their ability to recruit speed, but Wisconsin, they can always recruit big, thick-ankled offensive linemen. Well, that's what BYU has. And right now with this coaching staff, they've opened up in game one featuring that, and I think it's great. College football insider Trevor Maddich back for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, early in the third quarter, there was a momentum-shifting play, and I – I was thinking specifically about you and what you were thinking about when you watched Dylan Colley come back, attack a ball while he's being tackled to the ground, and come up with a catch on third and 12 and allow BYU's drive to continue while the Cougars still trailed 10-7. What did you see on the play made by Dylan Colley? I saw a tone setter. Colley went straight up the field, then turned around and came back. The ball came in a little high. Colley went up for it. The defender actually hit him in the back as he tried to come over to disrupt the pass before the ball arrived. It should have been defensive pass interference. But instead of crying about it, Collie stayed with the play. He stayed with the fight, and he ended up making that reception. Well, a play or two later, what happens, but they throw a vertical touchdown pass about 24 yards to tight end Matt Bushman. And that kind of broke things loose. From a standpoint of the passing game, but it wasn't the catch that Collie made. It was the fight that Collie showed in making that catch. That's something I've been wanting to see from this wide receivers group for a while. That third quarter is where BYU won the game. They had to make stops and get a first down in the fourth. But BYU comes out after passing for 72 yards in the first half. Tanner Mangum starts nine for nine, and BYU has three touchdown drives and gets two three and outs. What was the most impressive part of that third quarter to you? It was how the the play calling gave them a chance. You never really know as a play caller what you guys can do with your scheme in a game until you're in the game. And so what ended up happening was the in halftime the the receivers had as many carries as they did catches. The wide receivers they were trying to get the ball to the wide receivers in a way that it would actually work. Now part of that was quarterback, part of that was receivers, but I think as you went into the third quarter, you saw Jeff Grimes is the play caller. Pick and choose now the plays that we're working. How do we get the ball into our playmakers' hands in the ways that they succeeded at the most in the first half? So you saw more carries by the receivers. You saw more short passes to the receivers, which drew the defense up, and then, bam, they throw vertical. And it was those vertical plays that really broke it open. But while they were doing all that, they stayed faithful to pounding the run. That has a cumulative effect, and there's, um, you, you can't be stubborn and pound it into, the, into a brick wall all the time if it's just not working. But the temptation for coaches is to throw it too much if you're only gaining two yards, three yards, four, three early in the game. The fact that they stayed with the run allowed BYU's offensive line to wear down that front seven of Arizona, and that's another big reason why it started to break loose for the Cougars in the third quarter. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars end Arizona's 17 consecutive home opening win streak with that 28-23 victory in Tucson. So, Trevor, how do your expectations for what BYU will or can do this season change? You know, they really haven't changed. I expected the defensive line to be just beastly, and they were. I expected the, the back seven to be fast, and they were. I expected the running game um, to be really solid, and it was. Um, and I expected the wide receivers to be a work in progress along with the quarterback, the passing game, and it was. So I see reasons for hope. I see that Collie catch. I see the vertical throw to 
um, Bushman for that touchdown. I see them improving the confidence of Tanner Mangum because Mangum missed some throws, but he made some nice ones. And as he figures out the best way to have the best chemistry with those receivers, that's where things will improve. So, yeah, my expectations haven't really changed much, but my hope has changed because I think the passing game has a chance to be better than I thought it would be. But, again, this depends on uh, the wide receivers' fight and the tight ends getting more involved. And in terms of wins and losses, Vegas had BYU as an 11-and-a-half-point dog, and we both had this as a probable loss. Now this changes things. I don't think whether BYU makes a bowl game or not is in question. I think it's a matter of BYU probably getting to seven or eight wins um, at this point. What do you think? Uh, I wouldn't say that yet. Because oh, come on, some Trevor. Of the, some, some of the teams that are penciled in as wins are going to be fights. Utah State threw the ball really well and almost beat Michigan State in East Lansing. Northern Illinois has one of the best defenses in the group of five. Boise State is one of the two best teams in the group of five. They're at UMass, and UMass beat them last year. So, I mean, these games are all going to be fights. But I think that uh, I stand by what I said last week, that seven wins would be great. Eight wins, I'd nominate Coach Tataki for Coach of the Year. They still have a really rough schedule. But if they beat Cal next week, then I think it's, it's a really good chance to fight their way through seven and possibly get to eight. I think that if, but beating Cal next week is key. Let's focus in on the Bears. They took on North Carolina. What did you think of what they did and what type of team is coming to Provo as BYU attempts to get to 2-0 this season? Well, ESPN's FPI predictor, Football Power Index, gives BYU a 29% chance of beating Cal. You know, they give Cal a 71% chance of winning that game next week. Yeah, I think this yeah. is a BYU win. Yeah, that's, that's FPI. Uh, I think it's a BYU win. The reason is that Cal beat North Carolina in Berkeley by a, by a touchdown last week. And, uh, but they should have beat him by more. Cal had no turnovers. North Carolina had four turnovers, one of which was a pick six that was the margin of victory. And Cal didn't throw the ball well. They didn't run the ball well. It's just that North Carolina self-destructed. And even though North Carolina couldn't throw either, they ran the ball pretty well. So I think that if, if Cal doesn't make a, a huge turnaround right off the bat, the weakness of their defense is inexperienced in the front seven. And if BYU's offensive line can take over early in this game and make them stay on the field at altitude, then I think BYU has a chance to really take this thing over on the ground in the second half. I'm not terribly worried about Cal's offense right now. They have some very good receivers, but the quarterbacks haven't shown. They play three quarterbacks. Quarterbacks haven't shown that they've been able to get the ball to them. So if you just look at one thing and one thing only, and that is the running game of BYU against an inexperienced front seven of Cal, Man, that to me tells me that that 29% chance of winning is way too low. And I'm actually picking a win on this one. Well, you're not alone. I think BYU opened up as a two-point favorite against Cal. Uh, So the folks in the desert apparently liked what they saw from what BYU did in the Arizona desert. Trevor, it's great to talk to you. don't tell the FBI computer. Don't tell the (laughs) FBI computer. I don't dare tell a computer what to do. (laughs) Great to talk to you as always, my friend, and uh, look forward to doing it again soon. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, what Cougars didn't make the cut, down to 53-man rosters in the NFL. And who is the victor from going for two in week number one following BYU's win? And what about the future BYU opponents? 
How did all of those teams do? Got Hawaii. This is BYU Sports Nation. Tuesdays at 8 Eastern, watch BYU football with Kalani Satake. As host Gregor Bell talks with Satake, a player and an assistant coach. It's Tuesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. And the seat link is open. BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show if you want to be in the crowd. We have much left to discuss and only about 20-ish minutes to do it. So here are today's BYUSN headlines. If you missed it, BYU football defeated Arizona 28-23 on Saturday night. Squally Canada setting the tone behind that BYU offensive line, 98 yards rushing. The first man to rush for three touchdowns in the game since 2015. Tanner Mangum threw for 209 yards and a touchdown. BYU tries to go 2-0 when they host Cal in their home opener on Saturday night. NFL teams trimmed rosters down from 90 to 53 Saturday. That means cuts for the Cougars. Robertson Daniel, Bronson Kufusi, and Kai Nakua were cut from the Ravens. Despite leading the team and receiving in the preseason, Jordan Leslie was cut from the Broncos. The Bills did that with DeAndre Wesley, but added him to the practice squad. Colts cut Tomasi Laulile, the Chiefs' Algernon Brown, who was the last player to run for three touchdowns in a game, by the way. And Harvey Longy was cut by the Patriots, but put on the practice squad. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball upset number one-ranked Stanford on Friday night in front of a capacity crowd at the Smithfield House. Five-set epic match. Ronnie Jones-Perry had 20 kills, two aces, to lead BYU, who finished the Nike Invitational with three wins, including a win over Wichita State on Saturday. Volley Mob just put out a new top 25 this week and has BYU as the number one ranked team in the nation. Wow. Woo! That's awesome. Hot take. And Saturday night, the women's soccer team beat Idaho State 10 to nothing. What? 10 to nothing. Oh, uh, what? BYU took 31 shots. <laughs> wow. Like me this morning in pickup. It's the most goals in a game for the Cougars since 12 in 1996. Eight different players scored. Okay. We uh, put it out there on Friday, Jerem. We introduced. We always do. We reintroduced one of our favorite segments, Going for Two. Now it's time to see how we did with those predictions on Friday. Hit it. Can you predict the future? No. These guys think they can. We're Going for Two on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, here we go. Start us off, Jerem. BYU's first TD will be a passing TD. Nope, got it wrong. Yeah. Thank you, though, for playing that. Uh, yeah, I got it wrong. I missed it. It was a rushing TD, and it was Quality Canada. Yes, it was. Yeah. Jeff Grimes, play action pass? Come on, man. <laughs> My second one, Khalil Tate will put up 300 or fewer yards of total offense. I got that one because he only had 223. Yeah. 197. That's impressive. Passing 26. Yeah, I called that one. See, I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought, thought BYU that- would contain him. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> Clearly. Thank you, defense. You're the real MVP as well. All right. My picks. I said the first team to 16 points will win. Yep. Squally Canada's one-yard run with 429 left in the third quarter put BYU at 21. The Cougars would later score in the third quarter and go up 28 to 10, holding on. And my second pick, BYU's first touchdown of the season will be a rushing touchdown. It was Squally Canada, one of his three. With 9.58 left in the second quarter, BYU got on the board first to go up 7 to nothing. So that takes us to a grand total of two points for me and one point for Jerem. My father-in-law texted me on the first touchdown, and he said, hey, you lost that point. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but BYU scored. I don't care. I mean, yeah. Like It's all good. Exactly. 
But now on Monday, I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I should have been a passenger. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do that again Friday, and we'll make our guesses for the Cal game. Now, I thought it was going to be a Levehifo because they ran that jet sweep kind of inside handoff, and he took it all the way down to, like, the one-yard line. But then – Yeah, which – and that would have been a rush for you as well. Yeah, yeah. BYU followed it up with Squally Canada. All right. So with that out of the way, now we look back on week number one in regard to – all of BYU's future opponents. Okay, let's run it down. In chronological order, based on the schedule of who BYU will face, let's look at what Cal did. We already told you they beat North Carolina 24-17, but it was kind of an ugly win. Well, winning winning's awesome, right? Uh, Fourth-ranked Wisconsin beat Western Kentucky 34-3 Friday. Jonathan Taylor, Heisman Trophy candidate, rushed for 145 yards on 18 carries, scored two touchdowns, dominating. Yeah, surprise, surprise. He's still really good, and Wisconsin's offensive line is dominating up front. McNeese State scored 17 points in the first half. Didn't score again, but that was enough to win against Northern Colorado. Watch out for the Cowboys. Or not, whatever. Uh, Sixth-ranked Washington uh, fell to ninth-ranked Auburn 21-16. Mark Jones of ESPN, huge fan of that. The Huskies gave up a late fourth-quarter touchdown that decided the game and then uh, yeah, turned the ball over late. Uh, Jake Browning threw for 296 in the loss. That was a big loss for Washington. They were hoping to get that one. They kind of blew it. Yeah, they blew it. Yeah. Utah State, well, they did what Utah State typically does early in the season. They're really good at... Leading a Power 5 opponent on the road and then losing that. Like, this has happened with Oklahoma and Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Not one of these have they come out at uh, Victor, which is sort of surprising. They've had, like, five instances of this situation. Played a very, very solid game at Michigan State in East Lansing, but fall to the 11th-ranked Spartans 38-31 on Friday night. Hawaii moves to 2-0. and They're probably the most surprising team on BYU's schedule at this point uh, with a 59-41 win against Navy. That's a good win. Cole, Cole McDonald for Heisman? Question mark? Not serious. He threw for 428 yards and six touchdowns. I think he threw for 350-plus last week against Colorado State. So Hawaii has an offense. Clearly. They put Colorado up 59 State Navy. against yeah. Navy. Nice. Against Navy. That's, hey, Kenny Amatololo, dude. Northern Illinois, well, they didn't look like the Northern Illinois of the past. They got beat down at Iowa 33-7. to Granted, it's always tough to play the Hawkeyes in their building or in their stadium, I should say. So uh, the Huskies looking to bounce back. 22nd-ranked Boise State routes Troy 56-20. Brett Rippin threw 305 and four touchdowns in the win. UMass! One and one on the season after being trounced by Boston College, fifty-five twenty-one. New Mexico State now zero and two on the season. They lost to Minnesota, forty-eight to ten. And uh, the team up north beat Weber State on Thursday, forty-one to ten. There you go. All right. Coming up, someone yelled and Kalani Satake listened. The story behind the poor choice to challenge <laughs> a touch on a punt. Oh, and what did players and coaches say to me right after the game? You missed it? You'll find out next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday nights on BYU TV, break down Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon on After Further Review. It's Tuesdays at 7 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Hope you're enjoying your Labor Day holiday. Welcome back to a live edition of BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars are 1-0. Yeah, and baby. this is our question of the day. What impressed you the most in BYU's 28-23 win over Arizona? At Tyson Pearson in on Twitter. 
A big group of BYU fans drove 12 hours to a game where BYU was an 11-point underdog after a 4-9 and season. Our loyalty was rewarded, and after the game, both players and fans relished in it together. There was a cool shot by Vice President Matthew Richardson behind the players of thousands of BYU fans singing yeah. the fight song led by the players. It was really, really cool. You can join the conversation 24-7 on social media. Just use the hashtag BYUSN. I had the opportunity to speak to a handful of the stars of Saturday night's showcase, whether it be head coach Kalani Satake or his players. And we already discussed the almost perfect third quarter that BYU had in Saturday's win. That happened after some clear and needed halftime adjustments. Squally Canada told me that after the game, the coaches had prepared BYU for that exact scenario. Well, in fall camp, we had we had to do three scrimmages. Two of the scrimmages were game light. The third one was situational, where we practiced different situations. And crazy enough, we came across all those situations that we practiced. So we we've been in that position before, even though y'all may not know it. But deep down the side, we know we we know what we had to do because. In fall camp again, we had a flat first half, came out second half and dominated. So we went in at halftime, we talked about it and said what we did in the scrimmages during fall camp and came out the second half with a lot more energy and finished the game. And that was big for BYU because, yes, the halftime adjustments were made and then all of a sudden, boom, 21 to nothing in the third quarter. That was awesome. You also spoke with Tanner Mangum after the win and he told you how the game slowed down in that third quarter. Mm. Start feeling comfortable with you. Start understanding you, what the defense is giving you, what they're trying to do, and you know how to exploit it. Um, you know, you, you complete a few balls, and you, you start getting confidence in, in your arm and your touch. And uh, you know, I I thought uh, first half I was a little shaky, uh, wasn't my best, but uh, second half came out and, and just um, did my best to you know make the plays necessary and, and get it get it in the hands of our playmakers. And uh, I thought I felt like it was a good just overall team win. You know. And not surprisingly, Jerem, winning is fun. And nobody said it better than Butch Pau. It's just fun, like I said before. I mean, you see, you see Tanner Mangum, he's back to his old self, just smiling all the time. You see Squally Canada having fun. It's just a different vibe about this team, and we're going to continue to have fun this year. Every BYU fan is smiling into Monday today. Every single one. It's fantastic. A glorious feeling. Squally Canada also said the win's just the beginning of what you can expect this year from this team. I don't know if you want to call it sleeping on us because we went 4-9, but we're here to, to change what happened last year. And um, it means a lot that we came out and won and everybody played their butts off. But this is just a step in the right direction. We still, we still got more games to go. Still got a lot of stuff that we got to clean up as an offense. We still got to get sharper. But I'm going to enjoy this for tonight and get back to the drawing boards tomorrow. Head coach Kalani Satake echoed what Squally Canada had to say. The idea of, yeah, 100% enjoying yourself in the moment after a big-time win like that, but temper it because that's a temporary emotion. It's one game, so I'm glad that these guys won. We're going to be on the plane, have a great time with this, but um, got to move on to the next one. You know, it's a good start, um, but we didn't go through all that just for one game. So, uh, ready for the next one. I know these guys will be ready to roll, um, but gotta, I'm pleased with their effort. I'm just excited that football's back. He looks really sweaty. Like, he was oh, jumping around a lot. Exactly. Well, and it was <laughs> hot and... Yeah. Kind of sticky and muggy yeah. in Tucson, but oh, he probably man. lost a few LBs just in the <laughs> celebration. Man. Well, he joked with me. He's like, "I need to get in better shape." 
And maybe, more up-downs with us. Yeah, right? maybe like that said. would help. Yeah. I don't, just there were so many good things that happened for BYU, and, and the reactions that came from the team on the sideline, oh, priceless. Yeah, yeah, let's hear priceless, some stories. Priceless. Okay, but not only that, the former players that ran out the alumni flags to begin the game, Dennis Pitta, Max Hall, Austin Collie, oh, the crew, dude. Ray Braithwaite, like they were all there. And not surprisingly, they're emotional. I mean, they are 100% invested in what's going on. So a couple of really fun stories. As I planted myself next to Dennis Pitta and Max Hall and Austin Colley. The dangerous or Austin. During the second half, right? Yes, yes. Okay, first of all, you remember the challenge play. Yes. On a punt, comes down, and it kind of looked funny, like it might have hit the back of a foot of an Arizona player. Yes. So in that moment. challenges this. In that moment. Austin Colley and Dennis Pitta, and it happened right in front of them, are like, it hit him. It hit the back I of the foot. I heard them on TV. Get, get on the ball. So they're screaming at the BYU players <laughs> to get on the ball. Diane Gawoliku falls on the ball right in front of the sideline. Yes. And then Kalani Satake looks down at Austin, and there's this moment where they have eye contact. And <laughs> Austin's, I guess, I don't know, vocal uh, display there kind of encourages Kalani to pause for a moment and be like, did, did it hit him? Because so, no one thought it did except for Austin and Dennis. So, They're the only well, ones that said that, right? everybody bought into it. So yeah. all the rest of the team well, is yeah, like Chad, the flames going, Chad right? Lewis yeah. and other players. Now, now that's gaining some steam. So they come over and Kalani <laughs> Like says, a Big 12 rumor. Kalani says, well, if we don't get it, it's on Kali and Pitta. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is. It's on Kali and Pitta because it didn't touch. It didn't touch. The well, Arizona and they freeze it in the in Arizona Stadium. They, they on the jumbotron, which yeah. I'm not sure why they did that, but like it, it made it look like the ball hit the back of the player's heel. So yeah. all the BYU fans, but, but it didn't. And coach, like on TV, we're like, no, start going crazy. Like BYU's <laughs> going to get the ball back. <laughs> Austin, so luckily BYU didn't need an extra timeout or something later. That yeah. They lost. Well, then Dennis is like saying that Austin drove it, so I hope it works out, man. And then Austin came back and so said, Dennis is backpedaling <laughs> like he always does. Nice. Austin Colley says. Yeah, I can't. I came out there and I was really fired up, and then I, I like made con- eye contact with with Kalani Sataki, and he's like, "I was a little, I was a little scared for a second. Like it was a little, was a little intense." For <laughs> Dude, me. intense Kalani <laughs> is not to be messed with. You know what I mean? Oh, so good. good also, uh, a moment on the sidelines after Dylan makes that catch, Austin sprints thirty yards down the sideline into the middle of the Seven celebration brother. and is celebrating there with Dylan. It was really cool, really funny. Pre- pre-game cool moment there that was tweeted out by Dylan yes. as well. Where they yes, were smiles awesome. all around. Awesome. Coming up, women's volleyball and women's soccer do serious work over the weekend. And that's probably an understatement. And our elite voice of the day. What impressed you the most in BYU's 28-23 win at Arizona? This is BYU Sports Nation. Classic Austin and Shout out to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. If you missed any of this live Labor Day edition following a BYU win, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Sorry to Dennis Pitta for multiple reasons. We ran out of time. <laughs> Let's whip it. Love you, Dennis. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Suck up on you. BYU football beat Arizona 28-23 him. Saturday. I do too. We still don't have time for it. Squally Canada ran for 98 yards and three touchdowns. Tanner Mangum threw for 209 and a touchdown. The Cougars host Cal Saturday night. 
Cougars in the NFL. Eight former BYU football players waived from their respective NFL teams. They are as follows. Robertson Daniel, Bronson Kafusi, Kai Nakua, all from the Ravens. DeAndre Wesley from the Bills. Tomasi Laulile from the Colts. Algie Brown by the Chiefs. Jordan Leslie released by the Denver Broncos. And Harvey Longy released by the Patriots, though some of those guys did sign practice squad uh, contracts. Volleyball. Number nine women's volleyball defeated top-ranked Stanford Friday night in five sets. That was fun to watch. Ronnie Jones-Perry, Copper Hills great, led the Cougars with 20 kills and two aces in the match. The Cougars finished the Nike Invitational with a win over Wichita State. Volley Mob, during the show, put out a new top 25 this week. They have BYU as the number one team in the country. Soccer. BYU women's soccer. It's not a typo. Won 10 to nothing over Idaho State. On Saturday night, the floodgates have opened for the goal scorers. Today's rise and shout goes to all of BYU and Cougar Nation, Jerem. Uh, incredible scenes after the game. Yeah, in Arizona Stadium as well as Studio C. Oh, we, yeah. we, we were packed. They're singing the fight song, going crazy. It was a fun, fun time. Nice job, everybody, yeah. showing up. It was loud in Tucson. And I, and I expect Saturday to be packed. Oh, man. The, the I juice. expect it to be, yeah, juiced. It's a late one. It's an 821 kick, but... Get there. Let's the go. The juice is back, baby. Get there. Yes, make it a sellout. What impressed you the most in BYU's 28-23 win over Arizona? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Blake Williams on Facebook. I was most pleasantly surprised by the play of the secondary. BYU had a few bad pass interference penalties, but there were a lot of times when Tate had a lot of time and ended up chucking it deep because nothing else was open. And that was with BYU's defensive line deliberately containing Tate rather than rushing at him. Kairos Tunga was really, really impressive. Let's not forget the performance he had as well. At I-L-Y-J-T-J-A says, Kairos Tonga is the scariest man on the team. He's not just a beast, <laughs> but he's the Kraken. Our elite voice of the day from Matt Mel, Reed and Wright. We are never losing again. Hashtag hype train. Choo-choo. Never losing again? Get out of here, man. Sending the blue goggles your way, baby. <laughs> Good gravy. Conversation continues 24-7. Check us out. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Once again, shout out to Cougar Nation. You brought it. Go Coug.